Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We recap Apple's Wonderless event where the company officially unveiled the Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2. The new iPhone 15, 15 Plus, 15 Pro, and 15 Pro Ultra, and we discuss iOS 17, which just came out Monday. Streaming has not only changed how we listen to music, but it has changed the music that we listen to. The MGM hack is moving into a second week, and it turns out the Caesars was also hacked. They just paid the ransom. And return to often seems to be a thing for most companies. We're seeing more and more organizations institute ROT policies, and productivity data at least appears to be supporting their case. We got all this and more for you in episode 98 of the Tech Job. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Lifestyle. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, aka Brother Tech, aka I believe in Coach Prime. <laughs> I was I was one of the one of the people who gave him some grief for leaving Jackson State, but that's in the past. We're working on the future now, and it looks like he is uh on his way to becoming a or coaching a powerhouse team uh, based on their win last week or this past weekend. So they're like three and oh now, right? They're three and oh, and you got to give it to a son. Shador, that young man's balling out. It's like in order for them to win this game, they were down eight. They had to go 98 yards in two minutes. So they basically, son, you got six plays on this team. Mm hmm. He plays on the team his dad coaches. Uh-huh. He, oh, he okay. yeah, so he, he started at Jackson State when Dion was there and he came over oh, along with his other son Shiloh who played well in this game and Travis Hunter and several other players. So he brought some talent from Jackson State with him. They hit the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, they that team just they they shouldn't have won that game. <laughs> but they won that game. So prime time. Yeah. I ain't mad. Listen. So, y'all, before we actually get into the tech show, I want to let everybody know how you can support the show if you choose to do so. We are on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash the tech john. That's the tech J-A-W-N. And if you were to go over to Patreon, if you'd like to support the show, we've got multiple tiers over there, any one of which gets you access to our live stream and after party. So you could actually watch us record the show live as well as hang out, hang out with us after the show in our after party. And of course, we've got a couple of tiers over there that even get you an ad free stream or, or an ad. I should say an ad-free RSS feed for those who don't want to actually listen to the ads for listen to the show. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John, the tech J A W N. So with that, my man, Terrence, there was, uh, you know, Apple had a little something of something last week. And uh, I was hoping you could kind of just walk us through some of the stuff that Apple had going on at their wonderless event last week. Yeah. 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 Right. So Apple last week uh, made their, 
annual fall September announcement. They call it the Wanderlust event, but nobody really knows what that means. They really didn't come out with a definite. <laughs> this is what Wanderlust means. Tudos. Uh, but going forward, uh, they announced some new products last week. Uh, not a lot of products, surprisingly. A lot of people, according to the rumor mill, saying they were going to announce new Macs. They were going to announce new iPads. They were going to announce AirPod Max 2, uh, all kinds of things. But this year sound feels similar or uh, what we're used to as far as what Apple does every September, which is iPhones and Apple Watches. That has been typically what Apple has announced in September. And they did deliver on deliver on that. Um, nothing spectacularly new. Um, as a matter of fact, everything looks the same from last year, from the watches to the phones. Uh, I'll just go ahead and start with the phone, uh, the watches first. Uh, the first thing Apple watch, uh, Apple announced is the Apple watch series nine. This is the ninth generation of the Apple watch regular. Uh, they have a, a new S nine chip, something different than last year's Apple watch, the series eight. It has a new double tap feature. Now, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but Apple did do a bunch of Apple OS releases today. You can update to the latest version, iOS, iPad OS, so on and so forth. Um, same thing with watch OS. Uh, but the S9 chip that's only in the Apple Watch Series 9 is going to give you this new double tap feature. Uh, for those who are listening, just pretend, <laughs> visualize for a second. For those who are watching, if you have a new Apple Watch, if you are, for instance, listening to something and your hands are wet and somebody comes to the door and you want to quickly pause your music or whatever, if you've got your phone connected to your watch, you can take your, your index finger, and your thumb finger and kind of do a double tap in your wrist. The sensors in your uh, watch will be able to recognize those slight, quickly moving double tap and will give you the ability to pause music. It'll give you the ability to uh, make calls, hang up on calls. It'll give you the ability to stop timers, stop alarms. It'll give you the ability to um, a bunch of things like start and stop music. Kind of like, so, uh, like a haptic sort of it, feedback. It, yeah, it'd be like a haptic your, feedback. Yeah. And um, again, not again, but Apple kind of references in the uh, announcement that this air, I call it air gesture method, they'll probably incorporate some of that into the Vision Pro. For those who don't know, the Vision Pro is Apple's new goggles that'll make everything heads up display. You can kind of use your fingers and move gesture movements according to the video when they announced the Vision Pro. But um, Apple alluded to in the show, in the show where they announced Apple Watch Series 9 with this new double tap feature, that they're going to include that somehow, some way with the next Vision Pro. So I can see them adding more gestures, maybe like turning up the volume or whatever the case may be, this right. new chip in the Apple Watch Series 9 will enable you to do that feature when you upgrade to Watch OS 10. Uh, the only other thing, uh, highlights, I'm going to go through highlights of all this stuff. Apple announced a bunch of stuff that I ain't got time to go through. <laughs> so I'm going to do the highlights. Last one for the Apple Watch Series 9 is uh, pre precision iPhone finding. Right now, if you wanted to find your phone, you open up the control center on your watch and then you have a little phone with like a little signals on the side of it. You press it, your phone will make an audible chirp. Then you can find the phone. Well, with this new watch OS series nine, and I think watch OS 10. So I think the older 
watches will be able to do this too. To bear similar to find my iPhone, if you've got AirTags or you're sharing your location with your friends, you can do the same thing with the find my feature on your watch. If you click the little find my feature with the precision finding, once it gets closer, it'll actually show up on your watch. It'll show like little arrows and how many steps or how many feet you got left to Mm -hmm. actually locate your actual phone. So in addition to a audible chirp, visually, you'll be able to see on your watch where your phone is. So that's one of the the newer features coming with that Apple announced last week. Uh, Like I said, that's Apple Watch regular. They also announced the Apple Watch Ultra 2, which is the second generation of last year's Ultra Watch. That's the bulky uh, watch for the travelers, for the hikers, for the bikers, you know, the the athletic people, the outdoorsy people. Um, They announced the Apple Watch Ultra 2, same S9 chip as the Series 9, has a brighter display. Uh, Apple measures or measures brightness in nits. I think it's double what the last year's Apple Watch was as far as a brighter display. Uh, no new enclosure um, colors. I was thinking that the Apple Watch Ultra was going to have that aluminum silver color and they were going to re- announce or release a black, space black, space gray, whatever Apple calls it. Nope. The Apple Watch Ultra 2 looks just like the Apple Watch Ultra from last year, with the only difference being the new chip, which will make it faster and a brighter display. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, well, put my money back in my pocket. <laughs> See, save you some money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much it for the Apple Watch uh, Series 9 and the Apple Watch Ultra 2. Apple Apple didn't announce anything in addition to that. Uh, no accessories, anything so, like that. And no cheaper version like an SE they do like still that. have the SE, um, but it's nothing new. They didn't yeah. add same any same features. Old. They didn't add any colors. They didn't do anything of that. They just continue to sell the SE. So the SE will be the entry level, Series 9 regular, and then Apple Watch Ultra 2 will be as far as the prices are concerned. Yeah. Uh, both the Series 9 and the Apple Watch 2 are available for pre-order now. And if you pick up in the Apple Store, I think you can get it this Friday. Uh, shipping starts. If you decide to get it shipped, starts on the 22nd, but I'm not sure what the uh, inventory is on the Apple Watch, but I think those shipping dates still hold for this Friday. But I know if you select a uh, pickup in the store, you can get it this coming Friday, even if you haven't pre-ordered it yet. Yep. So that's it for the Apple Watch Series 9. And then the only other things that Apple announced was, of course, the iPhone 15 and the iPhone 15 Plus. The highlights for those is they get the Dynamic Island. Last year on the Apple, mm-hmm. Apple iPhone 14, you had to have a Pro or a Pro Max to get the Dynamic Island. Apple has included that on all of the iPhone 15 lineup. So you'll be able to take it uh, in addition to that uh, with the live activities in a Dynamic Island. They've kind of made some improvements to that. I haven't yet to see them any, uh, yet, but they said Apple said they did some improvements. So I'll take their word for it. I did um, notice that the... Um and I guess this was an OS update, obviously, because I have the 14 Pro. Um, the ringer volume uh, is now in the dynamic island as opposed to on the uh, on the side like the. So. So, yeah, I've noticed they move some stuff into the dynamic island as opposed to, you know, they move some of the into some of the some of the stuff, more stuff. Yeah, into yeah, the yeah, dynamic yeah. Island. Yeah. Right. I have noticed so. That. Right. Absolutely. So the iPhone, the dynamic island is on the 15 and the 15 pro and the pro max. Uh, like Stephanie mentioned, they've added some new li- live activities. They've added some new 
uh, functionality to the dynamic island. The iPhone 15 and the iPhone 15 Plus still have the mute rocker switch on the side. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So you can still mute, go ring or silent by flipping the switch on the um, iPhone 15 and the iPhone 15 Plus. All of the iPhone lines get the USB-C port. So this is kind of like the big announcement from everybody was waiting on for Apple to confirm whether or not they got USB-C. And in fact, in fact, they have for the 15, uh, the 15 Pro and the 15 Pro Max. The difference is the iPhone 15 USB-C port, typically just for charging. The And if you're listening to headphones, like if you've got plug-in headphones, things of that nature. The iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max, their USB-C does a little something a little bit different. And I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, the only other things that I can think of is for the 15, um, 48 me- megapixel main camera, which was just on the Pros and the Pro Max of last year. So the iPhone 15, w- regardless of whether it's a regular or a Pro Max, gets a 48 megapixel main camera and then a 12 megapixel two times telephoto lens i'm not sure what any of that means <laughs> it sounds like the camera's better than so, the regular 14 of last so year. i got a question so one of the things that i have been hearing is that the iphone 15 did not get 120 megahertz uh, screen refresh rate it's still 60 but there's a whole lot of people that feel some kind of way about that to the point to where i was literally looking at people arguing with each other over well, if you want 120 upgrade to the pro or just stay with what you've always had it, you know, at 60. So is, is there any news around, you know, what were people expecting the 15 to get 120 or why? I don't know why they thought they was going to um, get a better refresh rate in the regular versus the pro because Apple's trick is to make sure that they differentiate between the 15 pro. I mean, the 15 regular or the 15 plus and the 15 pro and pro max, which they have, they've done it with the USB C port to having some different functionality. They've done it with the cameras and they have done it with the screen. Like you mentioned, uh, if you want 120 Hertz, you got to get the pro or the pro max. Uh, but with the added functionality of the 15, in addition to something I thought was cool, the iPhone 14s of last year and iPhone iPhone 15s of this year, will get roadside assistance versus the uh, using the emergency SOS. So uh, last year, Apple announced the, uh, the emergency SOS to where if you don't have cellular service or you don't have 2G or 3G, you can connect to a satellite yeah. and that'll get you emergency services. <laughs> well, if you just out in the middle of nowhere and you blew a flat, flat tire, you know, you got bad engine troubles or whatever the case may be, that ain't necessarily like we need to meta evac you from the street. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you the emergency to do roadside assistance to where you can do the same functionality, connect to the satellite, text message, if everything okay, what's your issues? All right, we'll have a tow truck out to you versus we have a ambulance and fire truck right. and helicopters and all that stuff. It ain't really an emergency, but you still need to connect. So they've kind of right. added that functionality to the 14 and the 15 lineup as well. If you have AAA, is you can get it as part of your membership package. Uh, if you don't have AAA, you can pay for it. Uh, the SOS as well, outside of just you know going That's through your show. I do have AAA. Yeah. That's good. Well, to know. Well, yeah. So with the 15 Pro and the Pro Max, everything I just said, 
uh, add an action button to the side. So instead of a mute switch to where you can just mute the ringer and turn it on, there's an action button to where you can leave it as mute, but it's like a button that you press versus a switch. And you get haptic feedback from your finger to let you know that you pressed it. And um, you, in addition to just doing the, the wake and the sleep, turning off and off, not sleep, uh, the ringer, um, you can actually customize that button to where you can you press the button to turn on a flashlight. Uh, you can press the button to uh, take a screenshot. You can use the button to start airdrop. Or you can, if you use shortcuts like I do to where I've got home automations and all these things set, I can turn on that action button to trigger any one of the shortcuts that you've created. So that's a difference. I saw that. I, that action, I, I don't know. I feel like that action button is going to get some people in trouble. I like it. I feel like that one button is, is doing too many things and. I, I don't know. I, I know me. Well, so it doesn't, and, and, um, it doesn't automatically do all those things. You have to go in and tell it. This is right. What, and I get that. Okay. And, but now we, now you're, um, factoring in human error to the mix oh, yeah, sure. because now you have to have people, you know, pressing it a different way. And now it's three clicks and it's two, two quick clicks and three short clicks or a long press. And it, like, I just, I, I, I see this action button. <laughs> getting people and like I just I just see it not working the way I think Apple is intending it to work. I, Apple right, does a great right. Apple does a great job of making things work very intuitively, but I I saw that in particular and I read about that in particular. I didn't get to see the whole uh Apple event um because I was working, but I saw that in particular and I was like I just, that's that's going to be Y'all going to be all right. That's going to be interesting. So, so that to answer that question though. So to answer that question, I don't think you can. I think it's just a one click thing. I personally want it the way you mentioned that people have a problem to where if I can do just a quick click, it does something different. If I long press it, it does something different. If I click it twice, it does something different. If I click it three times, it does something totally different. The what everything I've read, there's only one control you can do to this button. It's just mm-hmm. one click. If you click it, if you click and hold it, if you click it two times, it's going to do the same thing. So I right. can't. From what I understand, now I could be totally wrong, but what I understand, you can only program that button to do one thing at a time. Now you can switch between it, right? you know, go in and customize it and change it to whatever, if you're, whatever the situation is, but once you set it, it only does one thing. You click it and it does the thing you set it up for. That's what I've heard. And the reason I've heard it is because, and this is, this is always this, you have Android users out there who are mad that there are other companies who make phones that do things that Android devices have done before the new you know before the new iphone does what it does so on android there are multitude of apps that you literally can control every button so like i've got mine set to where if i you know if i triple tap it it'll turn the flashlight on if i double tap it it'll open a garage you know you know there's there's multiple things you can do and i don't have a dedicated button for that i just have buttons on my on my phone that like for me if i if i triple click my down air not down arrow my my down volume it'll do something if i click and long hold the power button it'll do something so so those things that you are talking about stephanie mm-hmm. you you can do that and y'all are going to be all right because cuz here's the thing the first week it's cool to play with it, 
After week two, there's one, maybe two things that you do with that button and you just leave it and set it. So from an Apple standpoint, the fact that they can only do the one thing. Well, if you were to go and look at all the the Android folks who have something like Tasker or or like, so there's a multitude of apps on devices that allow you to do those kind of things. We're only using it to do one or two things because it gets confusing. You can't remember, wait, do I got to, do I got to click three times and hold and then jump and spin around? You know, what what do I have to do? It's like, no, press, turn yourself around. Double click, you know, double click is what is double click for me is, is my flashlight. Triple click is take a screenshot mm-hmm. and I probably have another one on there. And I just can't remember what it is because I never use it. So y'all will be all right. Right. And in addition to that, you can uh, turn on accessibility features and do the back tap. I do so have the back tap back. set up for my screenshot. I do. Yeah. Have you can set that up to where yeah. you tap it twice. It does something. You tap it three times. It does something else. Mm-hmm. And then you add Siri on top of that. You know, I can say, Hey, uh, well, with this new OS, I don't even got to say, Hey, I can just call her name and say, take a screenshot. And I mean, to, that's fine for me mm-hmm. to where I don't even have to click any buttons. If you, you know, rock with Siri like that. Some people don't. I, I try to use her as much as possible. So, yeah. uh, in addition to the action button, the iPhone 15 Pro and the Pro Max have a new metal enclosure. They call it a titanium. Maybe that's the wonderlust, the, the, the dust in that, the, anyway, I don't care. <laughs> uh, it has a titanium enclosure. It has a couple different colors. Now with the Pro and the Pro Max, a lot of people, the, what I've heard of the negative feedback is the lack of colors in the Pro and the Pro Max. They have a gray titanium. Does the, does the Pro come in pink? That's all I need to know. No. Uh, it has. It, I don't want it. I don't want it. I wanted the Barbie pink, and if I can't get the well, pro, that's the fifteen. If you get the fifteen and the fifteen plus, you no, can get the pink. No, no, and no. The pro, we need you the pro. Yeah, we need. Yeah, the pro all you pink. get is titanium black. You get titanium neutral. You get titanium blue, and then you get like a a sand. I think they call it neutral. Is, Why wouldn't they have the pink and the? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Apple, they they often come out with like new colors midway through the, the year pros. for you know yeah. so so I could, I could absolutely see if enough people are like you, Steph, and saying I want that pink on a pro, you might get it maybe around Christmas time or you know you know January well, February time frame or something. A new, a new color is like March. I think is when they announce a new color. But okay. right now for the 15 Pro, they've got the neutral titanium. They've got blue titanium, they've got white titanium, and they've got black titanium, which all they're like a, think of like a color palette where you're going to put some colors on a wall. These colors, all these colors would come in that palette because they all kind of complement each other, which doesn't give it any, uh, a lot of variety. It's just like you're getting a titanium, a a shade of a titanium color, which and then if you put like a it. case on your phone, it covers the titanium part of it anyway. Exactly. So kind of just like, but what's the point? So that, you know, I guess you can add a case on there and get whatever color you want. And two, the titanium makes the iPhone 15 lighter. I have the 14 Pro Max and this joint is heavy. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see how lighter the iPhone 15 Pro Max is versus my 14. Um, the only other features for the 15 Pro and the Pro Max is um, the USB-C port I mentioned, but it has the ability, in addition to just being a USB-C port for charging, you can actually plug an external hard drive to it to take advantage of the high-end, high-end 
camera functionality. So you can do macro zoom, you can do all these other um, set in the focus, you can go raw, you can do the ProRes. In order to move that data off your phone, you can actually plug an external hard drive support for a data transfer. Uh, the only other thing I can think of is it has a new A17 Pro chip, which is different than the 14. Um, it has a 256 base model. So right now you can only buy the 15 Pro and a Pro Max in a 256, 512, and then a terabyte uh, storage space, which last year the entry level was 128. Uh, I guess they figure people who are taking those big pictures, they need bigger storage. So they've bumped up these storage um, base for the 15 Pro and the Pro Max. And that is about it. Everything that an Apple announced, they just announced two phones. They announced the two watches. They had a skit about sustainability to where they had Octavia. Is it Butler? Spencer. 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 Octavia Spencer was supposed to be Mother Nature. And she kind of came in to one of the Apple meetings with all the big wigs. (laughs) And she kind of like, you're going to have to impress me on your new sustainability efforts. So Apple and then Tim Cook. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it was, it it was corny for Apple. I was expecting it. A lot of people was like, Oh, that's Apple. They're being corny. And my Apple's typically corny. So basically it was like, you know, she came into the meeting, interrupted the meeting and they went through all of their sustainability efforts. Like the app, the Apple watch series nine and the Apple watch series nine ultra are now carbon neutral meaning they sustain as much as they put out as far as emissions. You know, they talked about smaller packaging. They talked about, you know, the fact that they're not using any leather products and they've got this new product for like cases for like, you know, all their different accessor- um, accessories, no more leather. They've got not this even new- for the Hermes band. That they no, the Hermes. So, so here's for. the trick. So here's the trick, right? <laughs> I'm like, On Ooh. Apple's website, you can't order any leather Hermes bands. But if you go to Hermes.com and shop for Apple watches, oh, they they all leathered out. Yeah. But on Apple's like, website, okay. you can't buy no that's, leather that's Hermes. That's how you get around it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just Hermes was like, Yeah, yeah, we'll sell our little fine woven on your little website. But if you go, you really <laughs> Hermes, you go to yeah. Hermes.com, right. leather all day. <laughs> so that was pretty much it. Um, no other new features outside of uh, iCloud added new um, storage levels. You can get six gigabyte and 12, not gigabyte, six and 12 terabytes of space in iCloud. And um, the only other thing is the new AirPods have a USB-C case, but you can't buy the case. You got to buy a whole new set of AirPods in order to get the USB-C case. That doesn't sound very sustainable. Uh, right. Uh, right. No, does not. Which I was considering right. doing until I had to buy a whole new pair of AirPods. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So all that to say, Apple saved me a little money this go around. Um, simply because I'm waiting for some new colors. So today, Terrence, I believe iOS 17 came out, iPad OS 17, or it's, it's iPad yeah, OS, yeah. right? 17, watch OS 10, and then TV 17 came out. So, yep, yep. It, it, so a pretty new experience, specifically a watch. If you have a, if you're a watch user and you download watch OS 10, you will have to relearn how to get through some of your settings. Um, they've added, uh, smart stacks that lets you customize what information you see when you roll the digital crown. So all the functionality have kind of moved the functionality in watch OS 10 around. Uh, one of the nicer, uh, features is like I said, I mentioned those, um, 
they call them smart stacks. So you can just move the digital crown, but you can like customize what data shows up versus the apps, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be an app on your phone. It can just be information that you want to see at a glass, a glance. Uh, the big feature for iOS 17, I think is the contact photos, the contact poster. So if somebody calls me or well, let me rephrase it. If I call some, like if I call you, Stephanie, I can choose what image you see uh, when I show up on your caller ID. Oh, and you can okay. do like a full length portrait folder, uh, poster that takes up the full length of the screen when you, when, um, when I'm calling you and you can just do change the, uh, contact poster when you're in your contacts. And those could be two different images. So the contact icon can be different than the contact poster, yada, yada, yada. So, um, that's kind of like the main feature. I see that being abused. Literally, somebody probably has oh. already abused it. <laughs> it's because oh, yeah, it's out. Yeah. Somebody is definitely going to abuse that. So, <laughs> yep. And like I said, um, iPad OS 17 is out as well. I can't think of anything crazy new for iPad OS 17. Uh, and TV OS 17 is out as well. And I think the main feature of that is, um, more gaming functionality on TV OS 17 and the ability to use FaceTime using Apple TV. So if you got a stand for your high end phone on your camera, you can use that as face as the camera for FaceTime on your Apple TV. So you don't have to That's cool. be grandma and show grandma, everybody on the phone or on your computer. You can actually beam them to the TV and use your phone camera as the camera for FaceTime on Apple TV. I want to put so that's up. pretty much it. Like I said, all those are available today to download. Uh, definitely uh, d- download. Let me know what you think. I want to put a public service announcement out there. I think we mentioned this on the show last week, but there is a pretty nasty zero click or, or I should say zero day, no click exploit on 16.6. So if you, if you're not one of those folks who updates immediately to 17, you need to get 16.6.1 because like I said, it's, it's pretty nasty. All, all, all someone has to do is just send you a message and now you're infected and they, they have no click control on your phone. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. So of that being said, let's move into this next story. So this one, I just saw this today, but I thought it was pretty interesting because it was talking, this is a story out of the Wall Street Journal. It was talking about how streaming is changing the sound of music. And initially I just thought, oh, this is just changing how people listen to it. But it's actually changing how music gets created. So essentially, when you think about your services like Spotify, like Apple Music, YouTube Music, 
the way that the artists make money is predicated on a, a couple of things. Number one, the number of listens that they get. So the more listens they get, ultimately, the more money they're going to make. Well, most of these services do not count a listen until you've listened for 30 seconds. So what you're finding now is that songs are a couple of things. Number one, they get to the chorus, the, the, the chorus, or they get to a tag right off the top of the song because they want you to hear the song and start rocking with it before you just, you know, before you click on and go to something else. And then two, the, these uh, artists, they're compensated on just being on these top lists. So when you're on a list that is promoting a particular song, the way that the algorithm works is that if a song isn't listened to all the way to the conclusion, then you get like a negative mark. If you're listened to all the way through conclusion, then you get a positive mark and that moves you up the, you know, up and down these various charts that these platforms have. So what you're getting are songs that literally have the chorus or the hook starting right off the top in the first three to seven seconds of a song. And then you have songs that are just incredibly short. So songs are like three minutes and 15 seconds or less, which, you know, for all of us, we came from back in the day where it was nothing to, you know, have a song to be six, seven minutes long. And now you're seeing songs that, you know, many of them are not even making it to three minutes. So I thought that was just pretty interesting because it really does change the way that music is listened to and also the way that music is created for us to listen to. The article gave an example of Papa was a Rolling Stone, you know, a, you know, classic Temptations hit. Well, anybody who knows that song rides for like five solid minutes before literally it's four. It's, it's four yeah. minutes and 37 <laughs> seconds before you hear a word spoken in that song. And it, it, it should be that way because that's, that's one of the, that's one of the best grooves ever. It is, it is really, it's considered one of the top grooves of all time, but that would never make it today. Because you literally have to go almost five minutes before you even hear words in the song. Well, and you think about like Thriller. You know what I mean? You got the creak of the door opening and, you know, you know what I mean? Like Thriller is that joy. And and the the, the wolf howling. Oh, it it just Thriller's like a good, what, two and a half, three minutes before. Yeah. Any actual music, any actual lyrics? Started? The long play. I mean, clearly they had a short play where it's getting into the music a little quicker. But right. even then, you still have that prelude stuff that's going on, even in the quick play. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, th- that's actually kind of interesting because I think, you know, I, I read a, a stat a while ago that it says that most people for, for most for most women, they develop their sense of music by the, you know, between the ages of like 12 and 14. And for most most men or for most boys, they develop between ages like 13 and 16. So for us, we're pretty much already set. We like what we like. But for these kids who are listening today, it, it actually gave another example of the Migos album. It has 42 tracks on one album. I was look. I was read. I read this article and I was looking at. That. I was like, "How do you have forty five? Well, the, the thing, and and that was the thing. I'm like, forty five songs yeah. on an album can't be good. Like, you can't tell me you're creative enough to have forty five good songs on an album. I mean, some of those are getting skipped. Like, like two thirds of those are getting skipped. Like those are skips. I'm sorry. Like you just can't have 45 good songs on the album. Like that you just, you just can't, you just can't. I'm sorry that some of those are interludes. Some of those are skits. 
some of those are like those are those are all those aren't all even songs per se. I think some of those are just you know they they're calling them songs because I guess that's just what you call them. But I don't even think those are all even songs. Yeah, that's crazy. Many of them are not even two minutes long. And I'm thinking like one one of my favorite albums of all time is Miseducation or Lauryn Hill. That that is just a classic album for me. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff on there. They're all hits, but there's a lot. But can you imagine? Let's just go with quadruple the number of of songs and let's cut those songs down from four and a half, five minutes. Let's just cut them all down to under two minutes. I don't know that I have that kind of patience to listen to that much. But I guess if you are wired to where you're only listening on a streaming service and you only got a couple of minutes to listen and you get two minutes and 45 seconds or something, then you, you got your dopamine hit for that one particular song. And I, and I guess if it evens out to the same length as a regular, quote unquote, regular album, I mean, an hour long album and an hour long album, you know, 45 songs, 45 two minute songs is the same as, you know, 13 five minute songs. I guess, you know, I haven't done the math. Don't quote me on the math, but I guess if it evens out, it's the same. But it's just, what does that do to our attention spans? Number one, that we can't sit and listen to a five minute song. Um, what does that do to the nature of the music? Um, and it, and it just sucks that artists these days have to be so calculated in how they produce that now it's like the same as content creators. Oh, the mm-hmm. algorithm. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, make sure the song is this length and I got to make sure the hook comes in at this point and I got to do this kind of collaboration to, to get the song out there to, and, and I mean, I, you know, it could foster more creativity, but, but I think it, I think it's going to end up doing the opposite of that. How in the world could you ever roller skate to any music made today? Those songs need to they be a good it. seven, eight minutes. They do it. They do it. So, so that's what I was going to chime into. Things change, man. Yeah. Things change. Our music that we listen to, our parents, if they had podcasts, they would sit three of us right here and say the same thing about our music. And our parents, you're probably their right. parents, you're probably right. sat behind their radios or whatever they said, whatever they did, and, and to gossip and talk about these young kids is what we're doing right now. You know, we're used to certain music. You know, we're listening to how how we discovered the music, which personally I think is the main reason why the music is changing as to how we discover music. We are discovering music on social media platforms that cater to that short 90 Mm -hmm. seconds to three minute video clip, right? That seems to get the, according to all the algorithms, whatever. So kids are discovering music just off of like some random clip that some kid put in a uh his video to make it pop now everybody wants to know where that song came from so they can use it so they're finding new music in these short attention spans so to me it kind of makes sense that music is starting to change a little bit towards that short attention span now it does suck simply because it's harder to discover new music because Everything is just all over the place to where when we were growing up, when our parents was growing up, you discovered new music off the radio, whatever the program manager, whatever the radio station played, whatever MTV, BET played. That's how we discovered music. Now they're discovering from Bandcamp and um, Spotify and YouTube and And TikTok TikTok and and SoundCloud. And, you know, so it's like 
they're, they're all over the place discovering music, you know, so it, it kind of makes sense for artists to kind of adapt. Now, who knows if this is going to go for the worst, you know, um, are we going to not even get music because it's so commercialized, which is kind of what this art, this uh, article is kind of leaning to. We're commercializing our music, which is an oxymoron, but you know, music is already commercialized because it's entertainment. But even now, like I said, the way they algorithms work, you know, the way these apps work, it's like these artists, especially now, because they are independent, most of them, right? Mm-hmm. Beforehand, they had the music label behind them that could push the music, push the music, push the music. Now these kids are like, look, I got to get it how I live. So right. <laughs> wherever I can get the music on is where I got to get it. You know, we'll see if that makes it for the worse or for the better. But I mean, things change. It it does. But I still say there's there's there the creativity suffers when it's a two minute song. Um, because sure. I remember when there there was a I, I, it's it, it, I can hear the song, but I can't remember the song. There was a song on TikTok that got really really popular. The sister, it was a sister, um, and I it, it'll come to me. And she ended up kind of I think she ended up putting it out, but it was still just a two. Like you would think that you know you you so blow up and and you know it was this. 30 seconds or one minute that, that everybody was using of your song and you blow up and you, you, you lengthen it to be a full length song because, but no, it was still, she still just put out like a two minute song. And I was just like, for real? Like we, we yeah. have to get the whole song. Like, and, like, this and is that what can we be a bummer. And, it was and that like, can be a bummer uh, because a lot of people listen to music. It likes transports you someplace, you know, now this new music is like, it's just a lot of it's just, for, as the old guy, a lot of it seems like background noise to where it's just playing in the background. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh yeah, I, I picked that up from TikTok, and then I use that to talk well, to my kids. What else are you supposed to and do? And then that's it. In two minutes, <laughs> like, it, what right. else can you do in two minutes but have it on in, in the background? I'm dating. I mean? I'm dating myself, but y'all remember name that tune? Of course. Where you you had so many? I mean, they play so many bars. I think she's, like Shazam is is one of has a show now. It's Actually, Jamie Foxx. It's a modern day name that tune. It's like, Shazam. Well, I, I I can name that I can name that tune in seven beats. It is like well, the song is only six beats, so you have to go. You right. know, six is the maximum right. we can go. The song ends after the six beat. Exactly. But yeah, but yeah, it was just really interesting because I, I am you know my favorite genre of music is probably jazz. So I'm thinking of some songs like. uh um, Spain, Spain by Chick Corea just passed away uh, not too long ago. It's probably one of my favorite tunes of all time. You're not even, you know, that song is two different songs. It's like there's the interlude that's one thing, and then there's the song that is something completely else. Herbie Hancock was is absolutely known for doing this to where he literally puts an entire record in the middle of, you know, you know, of, of his classic hits to where you will go, you, you listen to one song and you think the song changed up. It's still the same song, but it's, it's a completely different piece of music. And it's like, to, that would just never work on, on these, uh, you know, on these channels, you know, today, because people just don't listen long enough to actually get to the good part. But I was like, you know, but they gave the perfect example. Papa was a Rolling Stone. That has to have the longest we, prelude I've ever heard. How we got to a place where we are okay with only having 30 seconds count as a listen. You know what I mean? Like, like we could change that by just requiring 
90 seconds or, or two minutes or something to count as a listen or, or, or something to that nature. Like we could change that requirement and then people would make longer songs or, or something. I don't, I don't know, but I just, I just feel like, again, I feel like creativity suffers when, you know, all you need is 30 seconds well, worth and, and that's And it. all you're doing is, uh, uh, creating according to, like you mentioned, the algorithm. You're not creating to be creating anymore. You're creating for this certain set of restrictions, oh, check marks. Exactly. You, know, you got to check these boxes and that kind of, that I would assume that dulls the it, creativity. It's almost yeah, like you, you have to get on first. Out. Like Taylor Swift doesn't have to do, Beyonce doesn't have to do this, but they're already on. For the artists who aren't on, they're just trying to, let me just get onto one of these charts. You kind of, I, I see why they're doing It's like, I, I have no choice because if I make my song, you know, eight minutes long and I don't actually put a chorus in there until, you know, two minutes and 30 seconds, no one's listening that long to get to where I actually get paid. So I need to hit them with the hook or hit them with the chorus right at the, you know, right off the riff, which is, you hear a lot of songs like that. It's like, Oh wow. You, you right into it. You didn't even get a chance to get on the dance floor. It's like you right into the middle of the song. By the time you get out there, it's already half over. Well, Listen, and bro, that's the other thing. Been to a, dance. I was, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> right. I was going to say number one, they're not dancing at the right. clubs nowadays. And number two, these DJs, and this has been going on for a long time, DJs do not play the entire song. Which they will play the hook, and then they go on to the next song and hook, they the and they go game. to the next mm-hmm. song hook. Sucks. Sucks, <laughs> sucks, sucks. Yeah. So y'all have, this actually, this next story we're going to talk about here, it actually was going on last Monday. It, I just don't think it was big, and it didn't get on any of our radar. But MGM the you know the, the the gaming company not games like video games but games like casinos mgm grand th- those type of things they they have establishments all over the united states and they are now into week 2 of a massive hack when when this thing was going on last week it was so bad that people literally couldn't use atms the reservation system was completely down so they couldn't book or cancel reservations those type of things the room keys stopped working so People who were in rooms couldn't get into their rooms. They literally had to get a physical person to come and physically unlock their door for them across all their brands in the United States. And then, of course, just customer service was ridiculous. So you had literally like the Bellagio people were showing TikToks and Instagram reels where they were standing in line for hours upon hours upon hours at a time. And there were, you know, it. In every video I saw, it was definitely hundreds, but it may have been thousands of people in line all trying to get the customer service to figure out what was going on. And, you know, as we start going through the week, seems like this hack is getting worse and worse and worse. So it didn't just affect MGM. It affected Caesars as well. Caesars, on the other hand, they paid the ransom. They paid a 50, you know, this, we're thinking that they paid a $15 million ransom to, you know, basically get everything turned back on and then they're not having any of the issues. MGM didn't go down that route. And as I said, as of today, they are still having issues. Most of their systems are back up, but think of a casino where you can't play slot machines. That, that what was happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, last week, you literally couldn't play on the games in the casino. Personally, I can think of worse things people can do with their money besides lose it. (laughs) But uh, I guess. (laughs) And, you know, it just speaks to 
these heritage systems that and and people don't want to pay the money for security. That like I don't understand how that's always the last thing that companies like this want to spend money on. But it's always the last thing that companies like this want to spend money on. And then when something like this happens, this is what we get. And it's kind of like, well, I mean, you could have spent a little bit more money on beefing up your security. I mean, I know this probably happened through social engineering. Um, so you can't really account for what a human is going to do and, and, and how they can be duped into giving away social engineering, meaning some sort of phishing attack where a human was, was fooled into giving away their information, their login information or, or something in, you know, to, in that regard. But, um, but still, you know what I mean? There should be more fail safes. They should have more stringent security measures in place. And, and, and I think they probably just didn't want to pay for that kind of thing. And it's just like, you kind of get what you get in, in that, in that instance. What's, what's really, really sad about MGM is because they actually got hacked back in 2020 to, I want to say 10 million of their customers info is out there. So I, I remember them having to go through all kind of mitigation and getting people like all these alerting services for their information. Because you think about how hotels or hotels, how these casinos operate, they have a lot of information on you, especially if you win. They, they're getting your social security number. They know where you live. That You know, they're going to make sure that you, you know, they're, they're not going to pay the taxes for you. They're going to charge you that, you know, you're going to pay the taxes. So they're getting all kind of information. And, and they, so this just happened three, you know, you know, a little over three years ago. And now they're going through it again. And I understand where there are customers who are saying, it's like, I'm not giving you another credit card. It's like, it's too bad. So sad that the one you have on file, you can't use because you're locked out of that system, but I'm not giving you another card for it to get hacked. I'm worried about that. So there's just all kind of issues. And I, I really do feel bad for these folks that are, that are going through this. I actually, know someone personally that there is a MGM casino in Cleveland, Ohio. I knew someone personally who had, they were supposed to be having like their bachelor party there and they had to scramble and move it somewhere else. They ended up going up into Canada just because, or no, I'm sorry, not Canada. They ended up going to Detroit to just another, to another casino brand. So they wouldn't have the issue, but they're just trying to scramble and do all this at the last minute. Cause they didn't even have to try to deal with MGM, not knowing what the, what the status was going to be. So, yeah. Well, and then there's also employees that are saying they're not being paid as well. So right. this, you know, the ripple effect of this is, is, is really, you know, becoming even more significant than just people that don't get to gamble. Um, and, you know, I think MGM needs to bite the bullet and pay this money, uh, at this point and, and kind of make this go away and, and figure out how to beef up their security and get this thing popping. Cause it's just like, you can't let this thing keep going at this point. Like at this point, you've lost more money than it would have cost you to pay the ransom. Oh yeah. The, the 8.4 million per day is what they're yeah. losing. And this yeah. is going to, it's going to tremendously affect their bottom line. Their stock price is, is, is tanking off of this. I'm not giving anybody any financial advice when, you know, when I say that, but it, their stock price is not doing good. What's going to be interesting, though, is that there are rule changes with how these type of companies have to report material breaches when it comes to cybersecurity. When you think about what Caesars did, Caesars didn't say nothing to nobody until it came out that MGM had an issue. And then they said they, they essentially filed what's called an AK saying, OK, we have one, too. Here's what we did. 
But the rule change is going to affect January 1, 2024, where they now will only they have to, by law, do this within 20, not 24 hours, within four days. So clearly Caesars knew something well before four days before they before they filed it because they paid the ransom. But going forward, they will only have four days to report that to the government because you have to really think about it. It's like, you know, the reason SEC is saying that they we want you to report on this kind of stuff is because you are a publicly traded company and you have things that are going on that adversely are going to affect that stock price. We need to make sure that we can put out guidance on what is happening with your stock price. So going to that four day window is probably a good thing from a shareholder standpoint. But I don't know that Caesars would have been able to get away with holding on to that knowledge for as long as they did if that rule was into effect. So it'll be interesting to see how these rules, how they change, how these companies will operate going forward. But definitely MGM, y'all get just stuff together because it's like right now y'all looking like trash on this. The fact that you had a breach. They don't. I I hope they I hope it gets worse. So when they finally get up back up to speed, they can give some uh, some hotel rooms at a discount. So I can finally get down there and see Usher before he. uh, (laughs) Not so I can go see Usher. That's that's the thing, though, man. That's the ulterior motive. (laughs) Yeah, you try to go see Usher. You you know, you stand in there like, let's say this was like, oh, because I think it started happening Sunday night. I can only imagine you trying to, you know, go see Usher. And they're like, oh, our system's down. We can't let you in. It's like that. There would have been some problems that night after, you know, you don't pay for them tickets. And, you know, I don't know what they ended up doing, but. They, you know, like it, it is, it is not a, it is not a good look for what is happening at MGM right now. No, they need to go ahead on and pay and get it over with. So y'all, just as we get ready to start wrapping up the show here, one of the things that seems to be a recurring theme that we keep talking about here on the Tech John is RTO or return to office. And Goldman Sachs has reinstituted a return to office policy to where they want you back in the office every day, five days a week, 40 hours a week. That's what that's what they want. And I think you're going to see company after company is going to keep going down this path. And we've talked about it before for, you know, for for a myriad of reasons. But one of the reasons that these companies are going to start touting now is that there are multiple reports showing that fully remote report employees are less productive than employees in the office. Now, I know folks who are going to hear that and going to say, well, I've been working remote forever and I am significantly more productive working remotely than I am working in the office. And that might be the case for a lot of positions. But for a lot of other positions, when you start thinking about like call center and stuff like that to where these are not necessarily salaried employees, but folks who are working, they're just on the phones for eight hours a day, which is a lot of people in the country. They are less productive working remotely because they aren't on the phone for eight hours a day. It's like, oh, let me go take this out the oven. Oh, let me go put these clothes in the dryer. You know, oh, let me go do this. Oh, let me go do that. Let me make this run down to the, you know, you live in a a big apartment. Oh, let me go grab the mail. I'll be back in eight minutes type thing. It just doesn't happen when you're at the office is affecting these companies bottom line. And this is all they need. As soon as they see that their bottom line is being affected adversely, you going back. They want you back in there regardless of whether it was being affected adversely. But now that they can actually show up with numbers, I think this is going to be the new thing. Duh. Like, who didn't think they were going to be like, I just this like I said, I, I, I don't know. I think I said this before. They weren't going to let those buildings sit empty. Mm-mm. 
whether the people were more productive, less productive or otherwise, they were never going to let those buildings sit empty. So they were going to figure out a way to get people back in those offices one way or another, whether it be this way or some other way, they was going to get them people back in them offices, at least on a hybrid way, uh, at least hybrid, you know, at, at a minimum on a hybrid schedule. But, you know, if they can get them back five days, they'll get them back five days. And I don't believe I don't believe the study either that people are more productive at work because a non-productive person is going to be non-productive, whether they are sitting at home in a office or sitting behind a cubicle. There are people will find excuses to chit chat. They'll find excuses to leave the office. You know, people people will work hard to be non-productive. <laughs> so I don't know if that's, you know, now if they want to use, if that, that excuse helps these companies sleep at night to say, to justify why they're bringing everybody back in the office, that's fine. But come on, let's keep it a buck. Like Stephanie said, you wanted people in the office. And like Rob said, all you needed is an excuse. Now, whether this study is truthful or factful or enlightening or whatever the case may be. Is argumentative, but all they needed was an excuse. Yeah, and it's, it's multiple studies, which is why I say, oh yeah, that, that, that that's all they need. But here's the other thing that's happening, and it, it, when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Newer employees mind going into the office way less than folks who've been there for a minute. I think for a couple of reasons. Uh, some, some of the studies are saying that newer employees are saying that it's easier for me to learn how to operate within this organization when I can actually see somebody else who's doing what I do and ask them a quick question without having to send an email or jump in a Zoom call or, or do whatever. The other thing that is also happening is that when folks are looking for work, they're not necessarily pushing back when a company says, just so you know, we are a in-office type of organization. Is that going to be a problem for you? The folks who are really having a problem with it aren't even applying to those jobs. The folks who really want those jobs at those companies are applying. And I think because they go into it knowing that they have to go into the office, it's not really a return to work for them. It is just, I'm going to this new company and this is how they do it. They aren't bothered as much as employees who are at the companies for extended periods of time. So I think what you're going to end up seeing is for companies, Companies that are doing it, you're going to have companies like Goldman Sachs, you're going to have companies like Tesla, you're going to have companies like Amazon that are just saying, you are coming into the office or you have to go find something else to do. But what other companies may do is that, okay, we're just going to do it by attrition. As we hire new people, they're just in the office. And that's just how it's going to be. And companies, it's, you know, just going to level up, you know, you know, level set it. So the folks who are really you know, valued employees that don't want to come into the office and and they look like they're productive as ever. The company's probably going to let those folks continue to roll. But new employees, as they come in, oh, you're in the office and this is just how we do it. So I, I think the the, the benefit of the pandemic of being able to work from the house, that is that is quickly going away. They were never going to let those buildings sit empty paying that rent on those buildings yeah. or those mortgages on those buildings. And just, that's what I'm saying. Just be honest. It'd be like, you know yeah. what? We ain't going to let these buildings sit <laughs> no, empty. No, they were never going to no, let these people happen. back in the office. The rent costs the same regardless of whether they yeah. got people in it or not. Yeah. You they li- were never going to do that. So, um, so before we, before we, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, get to our, uh, you know, our, our closing of the show, this one is just a quick one. I want to talk about it, but just it, Steph, I like how you titled this awful AI strikes again. And for those who don't know, 
I'll let you tell the story, but this one is horrible because MSN has had multiple issues with AI generated headlines and AI generated stories. So this is not the first time. Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and tell us about what they did for this obituary for this young man? Yeah. So MSN used a AI to generate an obituary for a former NBA player. Hold on. Let me see. My computer decided to freeze up right this moment. Yeah. Brandon Hunter was uh, his name. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, Rob. So, so yeah. So the, uh, the, the young man's name is Brandon Hunter and I'm calling the young man cause he's only 42 years old. Um, when he passed away unexpectedly last week and with this MSN news, what they did was they used an AI to write the obituary and I'm just going to read it. So you can hear how bad this is. Brandon Hunter, useless at 42, read the article, which was quickly called out on social media. The rest of the brief report is even more comprehensible, more incomprehensible. So it says things such as handed away after achieving vital success as a a head sick for Bobcats and performed in 67 video games. So that part is completely gibberish that some editor had to catch this. Because one of the things that MSN says that MSN News says they do is that even if they have an AI generated article, that there are human editors who are supposed to go over and make sure everything is okay. Clearly, that did not happen here. When for an obituary, you're saying Brandon Hunter useless at 42. That's that's just nuts. I love all the things that AI can do, but it is not perfect. You still need people. And this is definitely one of those areas, in my opinion, where people should have been involved in writing someone's obituary. Well, according to MSN, uh, they say, according to this, the article was not published by an unsupervised AI. Jeff Jones, a senior director at Microsoft, claimed to diverge. In this case, the content was generated through a combination of algorithmic techniques with human review, not a large language model or AI system. That's the explanation. So, yeah, that sounds to me like they had AI write it. A human was supposed to proofread it and didn't. And this is how this got out, because this to me should it should never happen. There should be an, you know, as they're as they're telling you, there was a human involved. Why would a human put this out in somebody's obituary? Because it doesn't even make sense. It'd be one thing. It's like, well, I don't like this person. I'm going to write this horrible, horrible obituary. It's, it's nonsensical after the first sentence. So I'm not giving them a pass on it. Use your editors to do what you need them to do. So, y'all, we're at the end of the show. And what we normally do at the end of the show, if we have any new patrons, we shout them out. So I want to shout out Arthur this week, who became a new patron. And I also want to shout out, and I'm, I'm just going to say, because I don't know the gentleman's last name. His name is Curtis from Benihana. I actually, and this is the story I said at the beginning of the show that I wanted to uh, make sure that uh, you guys remind me about this T-shirt that I had on. I have a T-shirt that says, ask me about my podcast. So I actually went to Benihana last week. And a gentleman at the table, or I'm sitting there with my wife, you know, Benny Han, and I say, hey, tell me about your, your your podcast. So I ended up telling about my podcast, and it turned out to where he ended up listening to the podcast, ended up enjoying the podcast. He actually sent me a text message the other day, said that he had the opportunity to listen and, and really enjoyed the show, and he's now a patron of the show as well. So I want to give a shout out to, once again, both Arthur, who has become a patron, and Curtis from Benny Hanna, who has become a patron. So 
it looks like Steph has had uh, a, a couple technical issues here, so she's not here. So, Terrence, I'm going to let you go ahead and close out first. We'll see if she gets in by the time you and I get done closing out. Sure. Uh, you can find me all over the Internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. Um, I have a couple of articles that are old articles, but uh, the publisher where they were published, PC Magazine, they actually republished two of my articles. So uh, maybe in the show notes or maybe in um, on social media, I'll put links to those two stories are all about uh, the lightning cable from from lightning to USB-C for the iPhone 15 and how to charge your phone now that it is USB-C. So definitely, however we post those articles, uh, definitely check them out. Let me know what you think. And other than that, I think that's it. So I will just tell the world about Miss Stephanie Humphrey. She is on all the things at Tech Like Steph. And I believe she just released, she just re-released her book. So go check her out at Till Death Do Us Tweet. Or tweet. Yep. Yeah, so... Um, go check our book out. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at the Tech John on all the things. So come holler at us however you holler until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.